It is another wonderful episode of the Southsiders, uh, but this time it's a little different. I'm Gabe Ramirez, and I'm joined by the one and only the producer extraordinaire. No, it's not Shane Reardon, even though it says that on the bottom of the screen. It's my man, Tyler. Let's just first and foremost go ahead and talk about the last couple of games. Of course, the White Sox losing three of their last four to the Baltimore Orioles, which is just, man, like, yo, Tyler, I've seen Sox fandom, you know, really be disappointed, you know, over the first couple of months of the season, but never in the way that I've seen him over the weekend, bro. It was like absolutely like it was almost as if, you know, how like during like the presidential race, you almost got to like turn off Facebook because everyone's just so upset and you're just reading the same things, the same statuses and stuff. That's how I felt about Twitter. Over the weekend, yeah. as I was watching the White Sox play the Baltimore Orioles, man, it was brutal. I mean, I lost a ton of money. You know, I gamble a lot. I'm always betting on everything. And, and uh, I definitely lost some money on Friday when they – or, excuse me, Thursday when they lost that first one. It was just like I, – I don't even know what to say, you know, because I'm, I'm the guy, Tyler, where, you know me. You produce yeah. a lot of my shows. I, I, my home, my heart beats hard. And then there was one tweet in particular that stood out that really hit home for me. And it was like, if you are not, if, if you're still not upset at these Chicago White Sox and furious, you're like something is wrong with you. And I thought to myself, and I'm sitting there looking and out because I, I just wasn't furious, right? I was more so like, all right, man, we just, we've hit a bad rut. Things aren't going well. But when I read that tweet, it really hit home for me. I mean, I I know how you feel about the White Sox, but are you at that point right now where you're just extremely furious about what's happening? I mean, you have to be furious as to what's going on with the White Sox now. Because, I mean, coming into the season, they were the favorite to easily win the division. And now it's like the division's up for grabs. And just with how, like, their whole season's been, like, a complete disappointment, it's just like now you're just kind of lost. Yeah. As a Sox fan. What are your, what are your boys? Like, what, what are your, you know saying, like your sports circles that, that you kind of like navigate through? Like, what, what are they saying? Like, are there some like super haters amongst your boys that are like just trashing the Chicago White Sox? Like, what are those conversations like with your friends? Well, you know what's fun? It's like a lot of it is the fans over at <laughs> the score. <laughs> and they are just, they are just furious with the White Sox. Like, uh, I was talking with studs the other day while we were working over in the studio the other day. Sure. And he's just like, is this rock bottom right now? Or can <laughs> like, he even tweeted it. He's like, is there, he's like, is there even lower than a rock bottom for the white Sox right now? Because he's like, I feel like there's like more of a rock bottom than like what is going on right now. And that's what it feels like. It really does feel, I mean, maybe it's the, it's rock bottom with expectations. Right. I think it's that point. Like it's more like hitting hitting reality where you're saying to yourself, like, wow, we're not a good or the White Sox are not a good baseball team. But when you look at their record, I mean, they're still hovering around 500, you know, hovering around. They're not at 500 or near it. They're just hovering around it to where it's not like they're 10 games back or, you know, anything like that. I mean, so to me, that's look at me. Look at me. Oh, my God, I just did it. See, I'm not furious. I'm trying to justify this White Sox team and what's happening. But, I mean, just going back to Thursday's game, getting shut out by the Baltimore Orioles is embarrassing. 
I mean, uh, they have zero aspirations to make in the playoffs. They have, they, and you threw Johnny Cueto out there. God bless that man's soul. He's pitching so well for the Chicago White Sox. But in that particular game, I mean, it's like he was just battling and they couldn't put together any offense. And it's not – people could people could lean on the injuries. But, I mean, if you go look at the lineup from Thursday's game, because that's where we're starting with this whole thing. I mean, you st- you're, one two, you're one through five. It was still Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn, A.J. Pollock, Jose Abreu, Jake Berger. I mean, those guys were still in the lineup, and they couldn't produce any runs. I mean, they all had hits except for A.J. Pollock. But, I mean, it just it, again, it's about timely hitting. It's about getting them together. But they just can't do it for whatever reason. And, and, and against this team. And I just – and then at home, it's just, like, embarrassing because you're at, you're at a homestand where you say to yourself, okay, what was everybody saying a couple weeks ago, Tyler? Oh man, don't worry about it. The White Sox got the easiest record in Major League or easiest remaining schedule in Major League Baseball. Like they're gonna go ahead and start with then they you know took care of the Detroit Tigers, thought they're gonna do the same thing to the Orioles. And then you're like, you get like bounced back to reality, and you're like, damn, like what the fuck is going on with the Chicago White Sox? And it the coach is not making it any better. It's like the shit that they're saying is unreal. Like Hey man, don't run to first. Don't run hard to first anymore, because we want you to save your legs. Like, when have you ever heard anything like that from a major league baseball team? Right? Like, when have you ever heard like that's something that you get benched for if you're not running hard to first base? And now all of a oh, sudden, yeah. they're preaching like, "Yo, it's okay to do that." It just no. it's like, oh, bro, it's so disappointing. So far, like, what did you think when you heard that? The, you know, the manager and staff saying like, hey, man, the veterans, their legs are important. We need them healthy. See, that's just the most dumbest thing I've ever heard, dude. Like, <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because this is the thing. I mean, fans had the right and the reason to start those fire Tony chants. Sure. Because, I mean, I mean, this is a talented roster. Like, they built this roster up solid. To like they were in like win now, yeah. Like season, which un- which is understandable because I mean it's been a while since the Sox have been like a relevant team in sure. a little bit, and then you bring in a, a new uh, Hall of Famer as of Tony Larusa or like soon to be Hall of Famer, but it's like this is what, like at, at this point in the season it's like it's, fire him, bro. What fire him, dude? Just fire him. Like your team's not playing well. You're you're not you're not playing. Not only are you not playing up to your potential, but you just these guys don't have the spark that they need. And for whatever reason, people continue like we're doing right now, putting the blame on Tony Larusa. Like that's the issue right there. I mean, these guys need to step up. I mean, look, game two, White Sox Orioles, Michael Kopech. If I tell if I tell you Tyler, if I'm like, yo, Kopech pitched six innings, gave up three runs, you would think. You would think if he went six innings and only gave up three runs, you would think the White Sox offense would be able to come through, especially against a bullpen game that is exactly what the Baltimore Orioles threw out there. I mean, no one pitched over three innings for the Orioles. There you go. If I, if I told you that, Kopech pitched six innings, only gave up three runs, and the, the Orioles, not one pitcher lasted more than three innings. You'd be like, oh, White Sox won. And they, and they still couldn't put up any runs. I mean, it's embarrassing what's happening. One run in that instance. And then again, you're talking about the lineup. Tim Anderson, Andrew Vaughn. And then you got Luis Robert in the lineup with a Brayu Pollock. Burger down a little bit further. But, dude, it was a one-hitter. 
a one hitter like uh, with a bullpen game like are you serious like this is when you have to say to yourself listen these players need to go ahead and accept responsibility for what's happening i don't want to hear jose obrey saying you know what locker room's still good people still want to play hard for this guy no no just like you have to get rid of Nagy in order for the players to, like look you, anyone that's on the bears roster right now understands that they're playing for their future Right, Nagy's gone. The, the, your boy is no longer there. Right, then the, right. The, the guy that got your back. So then it comes to the point now where you have to play. You have to play up to to your contract in order to make sure you're going to be sticking around for a long time. And the White Sox need that. I mean, look, look we know what we got from Tim Anderson, right? <laughs> and you know he's the man at the top of the order. Andrew Vaughn's been playing phenomenal baseball too. You know, Luis. You know what these guys are capable of. But if no one's there, really, I said it all the time. Some people need a kick in the butt. Some people need a pat on the back. And it's the manager's job to understand what they have to do to each individual player to get the best out of them. And clearly, something is not clicking. Something is not happening in that locker room in order to get these guys playing. Like, like how do you get emb- Okay, Tyler, ask, answer me this. How do you get embarrassed on the first game of the series, 4-0, and not come back guns blazing in game two. That that's the thing that never I understood. I saw when I saw that game, I'm like, wow, this is a shit show. And then I would figure, okay, you're in your home, your home field. You would figure you blow that game one. Okay, that's fine. You're gonna come back and take the rest of the series, I would expect, but like there was like nothing being changed about that. Like, like no they didn't do any changes. No, there was no fire or no nothing. Like, I don't. It's it's just it's such a odd thing that Larus is doing with this team right now. And then you go to Game Three, and you say to yourself, "Some someone, you know the phrase bet the house. Someone literally probably bet the house that the White Sox were going to win Game Three. They're like, yo, there's no way in hell we're losing three straight." Uh, the White Sox are losing three straight to the Baltimore Orioles. You got Lance Lynn on the mound. He's a dog. He's going to put this team on the back. He's going to be the, the streak breaker. And then they're going up against Spencer Watkins, who he got a, a, a above five ERA, and you're just like, this is money in the bank. Someone, li- someone I don't want to say literally, but someone lost their mortgage. Someone lost their mortgage payment betting on that, on that game right there. I guarantee it. But Lance Lynn couldn't even do anything. I mean, I, I felt in that game – they held Lance Lynn in just a bit too long. I think it was. I think it he was six innings. Yeah, he pitched six innings, yeah. but it it was like a, a one too long for me. He did six and a six and two thirds. So in the seventh inning, first of all, I mean he wasn't the guy's still coming back from injury, right? But but not only that, I want to go ahead because I want to pull up the exact moment because I remember looking at this on uh, the day of. So if we go to the seventh inning, all right, Ty, we're yeah. sitting there and top seven, you got Tyler Nevin flies out to right. So you get the first out of the inning. Then Lance Lynn hits Robinson and Chirinos. He hits them. All right. So your control is obviously not there. You just hit a guy, but they leave him in. I get it. He ends up getting the second out. Jonathan arrives. Uh, 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 he ends up lining out the center. So you got two outs. But then you walk George Mateo, right? So you've hit a guy, and now you've walked um, Jorge Mateo. Like, that's it. Your night's done, dude. Like, you sh- that, that right there was the moment that I felt like Tony should have taken out Lance Lynn. But, of course, 
They leave him in the game a little bit longer. Cedric Mullins uh, reaches on an infield single. And then they still leave him in, even though Cedric Mullins reached on an infield single. At that point, I mean, geez, how long are you leaving these guys in? What are you trying to do? Let him get out of a situation? Of course not. So he continues to let him pitch. And what happens? He hits another guy. Trey Mancini with the bases loaded. Brings in another run, and of course, that's when Tony La Russa makes the pitching change to bring in Jose Ruiz, who then gives up a double, right? Because now he has to come into the game, Tyler, with bases loaded instead of coming in with two outs and two men on. I mean, it just seems like those are simple moves that anyone that's watching a baseball game where it's played at any level, Little League, high school, college, majors, they understand that you left Lance Lynn in there a little bit too long. And by that point, it's six to one. And the guy who put his mortgage literally on the line, thinking that the White Sox were going to win, now he's trashed because of it, dude. It's just like, it's just mind blowing. See, after the first hit by pitch, I would have just, I would have pulled him because he already, he was already in for so long, and like leaving him in for those two extra pitch, like pitches, that's what totally sent the Sox out of a chance of winning that game. Of course, because it was, it was so close, and then they let, then that was that. What three RBI double? That's what like oh, man, that was, that was brutal. I was having to pull the highlights for that, and I was just like, "What <laughs> in the hell just happened?" Dude? I'm, I'm sorry like, you had to do that. <laughs> dude, I mean, so if, if it made it easier, it was at least I had to get the scoring runs, and it was just three of them on one place. So I was like, "Okay, that makes right. it a little bit easier." But I mean, at least I get to turn off. At least I get to turn off the TV. I could just be like, "I'm done." Yeah, with you just it. like I'm yeah, out. Right. I, I'll wait till tomorrow's game. And then, obviously, you know, Sunday's game tonight, you know, we almost blow it in the ninth. I mean, I couldn't believe it. And then I know someone else bet their mortgage on the minus one-and-a-half run line because Dylan Cease was pitching. Who, by the way, we'll get to the, the pros in a second and, and making, you know, uh, shining some light on some positives for the Chicago White Sox. We'll do that in a second. But we got to talk about the fact that, you know, when Kendall Graveman comes in, you know, and just, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's like – they almost lost that game. They could have easily lost that game. It wasn't you know, a close one. It, it, right. It, it, it just, you know, you, you figure when Dylan Cease is on the bump, you know, when he's giving you 13 strikeouts, I mean, that's when you got to play well. Everyone, top to bottom, not just the offense. I mean, that game should have been, you know, there should have been an offensive explosion that game. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you haven't put up any runs against the Baltimore Orioles, like, statistically speaking, you would have eventually put up you know, a seven spot, something like that to help out. See, with, with Anderson coming back, I was expecting a little bit more of an offensive explosion from the yeah. White Sox because, I mean, come on, he was like a majority of offense. I mean, granted, Berger was stepping yeah. in at the time, but, I mean, I figured with Anderson coming back, I figured, okay, the Sox can get back on track. Yeah. But, I mean, that's what you thought. It was yeah. a huge disappointment. <laughs> but that's been the case all year long, right? Where right. our expectations are exceeding re- is re- exceeding reality, right? And, and what we're what we're seeing, and which is what I, why I mentioned the tweets in the beginning of the podcast, is that people are really out here, like find it's finally hitting home, not just for those naysayers, but for everyone. Where every single person is saying, like, do we dare use the O word and say that these White Sox are overrated? Because when you look at Major League Baseball as a whole. And if you if you just were to go look at the standings right now, and say to yourself, okay, well, what team is underachieving? There aren't many. There aren't many. It's the White Sox. 
That's it. Like every other team that's supposed to be doing well this year is doing well. The Yankees are doing well. The Twins, who people knew were going to be competing for the division, kept playing well. Houston, perennially playing well, doing the damn thing. Then you go to the American, or the National League, you know, at, okay, Philly. Philly, I guess you could say that'd be like the only team that is like underachieving with the payroll that they have, but they're still above 500. And then when you're looking at the NL Central, I mean, they actually surprised me a little bit. I wasn't expecting because they didn't have a great season last year. So, but they're doing a lot better than I was expecting to do this. Well, that's why they fired Girardi, right? That's why they fired Girardi because they felt like they should be doing even better than that. But I mean, you know, the Dodgers, San Diego, I mean, San Fran, I mean, all teams that are playing up to the potential. And the only one that isn't, the only team in all of baseball that is underachieving to the nth degree. Is your Chicago is our Chicago, my Chicago White Sox right now. And it's it's extremely disappointing because listen, from a fan's perspective, you say to yourself, Tyler, okay, well, what can they do? Or what is going to be the turning point? And like you said a second ago, you said it. Well, Tim Anderson came back. Lance Lynn is back. You know, you got Robert back in the lineup. You, you can't tell me you're waiting for Edo Jimenez to turn yeah. the damn thing around. Of course not. That's not what it is. So you guys are there. And let's not forget, you know. You were complaining about the fact that Yasmani Grandal wasn't playing well and that was contributing to your team not performing at a, such a high level. Well, Sebi Zavala's playing phenomenal baseball over the last couple of weeks or so. So 